RT8K News. It's 11 o'clock, I'm Todd Harding. Tonight's headlines, the administration launches a campaign to reward people for getting vaccinated and wants businesses to do the same. The Liberal Party leader says a real incentive for people to get vaccinated would be to relax their travel and quarantine restrictions. And a political analyst says China encouraging couples to have up to three children is no guarantee of a mainland baby boom. Officials are stepping up their COVID vaccination campaign by offering days off to government employees who are inoculated and warning that those who haven't taken the jabs could be barred from restaurants, schools and entertainment venues if a fifth wave of cases hits the city. Chief Executive Carrie Lam says she's written to more than 100 businesses asking them to join hands and offer incentives to encourage people to get vaccinated. It's more than a job in a very ordinary sense that uh, apart from receiving the, uh, the dose, uh, you will have a chance or you may have a chance of getting something uh, back, whether it is um, extra holiday provided by the employer, whether it is a lucky draw with um, um, certain uh, goodies and, and things like that, or discount coupons in shopping malls or free tickets to the theme park. And so on and so on. So uh, this is a very tangible way uh, in order to overcome what we call the uh, vaccine hesitancy. But Liberal Party leader and lawmaker Felix Chung says the real incentive for people to get vaccinated is to relax their travel and quarantine restrictions. The real incentive is when you've got vaccinated, you are allowed to leave Hong Kong, for example, go to the mainland without quarantine or going to the other countries without quarantine. I mean, that is the key incentive. But rather than just giving out the theme park ticket or give you free buffet in the, in the hotel, I mean, that will help. But it's not attractive at all. I mean, if somebody do not, if somebody worries about the side effect, how come that if you give him uh, two tickets, two, two Ocean Park tickets, then, I'll, OK, fine, then I'll go to uh, take, the, take the vaccine. Public health expert and University of Hong Kong professor Benjamin Cowling has made it clear a high vaccination rate in Hong Kong is needed to contain the spread of the coronavirus if it's hit by a new wave of infections. The zero COVID is not sustainable in the long term. The only way out of the pandemic is with a high vaccination coverage. In Hong Kong, we're, we're never going to have a really, really high level of incidence of infections because we know how to stop infections from spreading. But the measures that are, that are necessary to stop infections from spreading are really difficult to sustain and they're costly. And so in the long term, we can only go back to normal if we have a high vaccine coverage. People are choosing not to get vaccinated for lots of different reasons. I, I think if government policies can encourage people to get vaccinated while still leaving the choice open to them, then I, I think that's a good thing because ultimately we do need a high vaccination coverage in Hong Kong to be able to get back to normal life. Meanwhile, the number of people booking their coronavirus vaccinations today jumped 40% to 37,700 compared to yesterday. Meanwhile, more than 36,000 people were actually vaccinated today. The Centre for Health Protection reported four new COVID-19 infections today. All of them were imported. One case involved a 40-year-old arrival from India who was only confirmed to be infected after he finished quarantine. He then stayed at his flat in Kwai Chung and a test he did on May the 13th came back negative. But on Saturday, he was admitted to hospital due to an underlying illness and tested positive for antibodies. Officials are also investigating a preliminary positive case involving a 35-year-old police officer who works at the police headquarters in Wan Chai. 
In a major policy shift, China says couples may have up to three children each. That's after Beijing scrapped its decades-old one-child policy in 2016, replacing it with a two-child limit to try and stave off risks to its economy from a rapidly ageing population. State media says the decision was approved by a Politburo meeting chaired by President Xi Jinping. Economic incentives will also be offered, but political analyst Professor Willie Lam of Chinese University says that still may not lead to a baby boom. There might be some tax incentives and maybe uh, even financial contribution to parents with more than two children. But the fact remains that China is becoming quite an expensive country, at least in the big cities like Shanghai, Shenzhen and Beijing. And these material incentives might fall short of the expectations of couples. And uh, it is very difficult, I think, to persuade couples in crowded and very expensive cities like Shanghai uh, to have more than one child. You're listening to RTHK. The time is just after five minutes past 11. 47 people accused of national security crimes related to last year's pan-democratic primaries have appeared in court, with the counsel for several defendants questioning whether they would receive a jury trial. But as Violet Wong reports, they didn't receive any answer. The lawyer representing Leung Kwok Hong, Jimmy Sham and Lester Shom had asked Chief Magistrate Victor Su during a hearing at West Kowloon Magistracy whether his clients would get a jury trial. He also asked if the legal proceedings would be open to the public and if prosecutors intend to paint the defendants as masterminds or active participants of the alleged conspiracy to commit subversion. The lawyer explained that the answers to these questions would determine whether they plead guilty or not. Under Article 22 of the National Security Law, people deemed to be principal offenders or those who commit an offence of a grave nature face between 10 years to life in prison. Those found to have actively participated in a subversion plot can get jail terms ranging from 3 to 10 years while other participants get a maximum penalty of three years' imprisonment. In response, the magistrate said he had no authority to instruct the prosecution to seek clarification on these matters from the Secretary for Justice. The questions came days after a High Court judge decided in a separate national security case that the trial for defendant Tong Ying Kit would be held without a jury, ruling that jury trials are not a constitutional right. Meanwhile, Mr. So also rejected a separate request from other defence lawyers for more time to provide legal advice to their clients. They have cited difficulties in meeting some defendants who have been kept in custody since their arrest in late February. Again, the magistrate said he had no authority to make instructions to the prosecution. All 47 defendants are due to appear before the court again on July the 8th before their case is transferred to the High Court. 11 of them were granted bail, while the rest were remanded in custody. Bail applications for 10 defendants will be heard over the next two days. A constitutional law scholar at the University of Hong Kong has suggested the sentences handed down to 10 veteran pro-democracy activists last week might have undermined people's confidence in the judiciary. Maggie Ho reports. 
Speaking on an RTHK program, Johannes Chan said he spoke to people in the legal sector, and quite a few of them thought the sentences were too heavy and the prison terms too long. District Court Judge Amanda Woodcock on Friday jailed former legislators Albert Ho, Lee Chia Kian and Lan Kuo Kong, and Civil Human Rights Front's convener Figo Chan for 18 months for organizing an unauthorized protest on October 1, 2019. Apple Daily founder Jimmy Lai, ex-lawmakers Sid Ho and Young Sum, and former League of Social Democrats chairman Avery Ng were jailed for 14 months, and former legislator Sin Chong Kai and activist Richard Choi received suspended jail terms. Many of those involved in the case have served the community for a long time, and they are rational and mild characters who always advocate peaceful, rational and non-violent protests. But the starting point of the sentences are very high, and much higher than other unauthorized or illegal assembly cases in the past, Professor Chen noted. The court has the duty to maintain public order, but on the other hand, it should also protect people's basic rights, he said. And if the sentences deviate from society's expectation, it would undermine people's confidence in the courts. The scholar said while organizers of a protest should take into consideration the overall social atmosphere at the time, it seems quite unfair to make them accountable for all the violence that had been committed by others during or after the assembly. Former Chief Executive CY Leung has accused international media of smearing China by making false allegations of genocide and ignoring its rapid economic growth. Mr Leung, who's now a vice chairman of the CPPCC, said in a forum he's witnessed firsthand the country's economic reform when he visited about 20 mainland cities in the past year. But he said foreign media chose instead to run fake stories of how China suppresses human rights. News about the country as reported by the international media have been mostly confined to politics, a result of agenda setting by Western politicians who want to distract from their own government's poor performance and failures. Hence, China is associated not with the false allegation, only with the false allegations of genocide and of the suppression of human rights, democracy and freedoms. Disruptions to international travels in the last year due to the pandemic have given such politicians more wool to pull over the eyes of the people. Certain parts of Guangzhou are now on lockdown after a surge in COVID-19 cases. The city's Liwan district has reported more than 20 cases, prompting authorities to shut down a number of neighbourhoods to try to prevent the spread of the virus. Daily necessities are being delivered to residents. This also led to a flurry of flight cancellations. Hundreds of flights at Guangzhou Baiyun International Airport were cancelled. Taiwan's health minister insists the COVID outbreak there could come under control as the number of new cases fell. The island today reported 347 new domestic infections. That's the second straight day the numbers dropped below 400. Still, Health Chief Chen Shi-chung said aggressive measures would stay in place for one to two weeks, including fines for people not wearing face masks outside and a halt to wedding banquets and wakes. The Vietnamese authorities say they plan to test the entire population of 13 million people in Ho Chi Minh City to try to curb rising numbers of COVID infections there. At a maximum rate of 100,000 tests per day, this would take four months. Here's the BBC's Jonathan Head. Vietnam has still only recorded a total of fewer than 8,000 COVID infections. 
and fewer than 50 deaths, an enviable record. But most of these have come just in the past month, and Vietnam has now identified a new, highly infectious strain of the coronavirus, which appears to combine genetic material from the already infectious UK and Indian variants, and which it believes is a cause of the rapid spread in this latest outbreak. The Prime Ministers of Australia and New Zealand have emphasised the importance of their shared values on maintaining freedom and peace in the Indo-Pacific region. After talks in the southern New Zealand resort of Queenstown, Scott Morrison and Jacinda Ardern expressed concerns about human rights in China, including the situation in Hong Kong and the treatment of the Uyghur minority in Xinjiang. The two leaders rejected what they called efforts to divide them over trade and human rights issues. Here's Mr Morrison. Australia and New Zealand are trading nations, but we, neither of us, would ever trade our sovereignty or trade our values. This is a commitment that we share and that we honour, and uh, that will always be our approach. In Beijing, a foreign ministry spokesman hit back at the remarks by the two leaders on Hong Kong and Xinjiang, calling them interference in China's internal affairs. He insists Beijing is determined to push ahead with the one country, two systems policy and maintain Hong Kong's stability and prosperity. To sports now, and on day two of the French Open, defending women's singles champion Iga Swiatek of Poland marked her 20th birthday with a straight sets victory in the opening round. She beat her Slovenian opponent Kaja Juvan 6 love 7 5. Swiatek next faces Rebecca Peterson of Sweden. In an upset, 16th seed Kiri Bert- Kiki Bertens of the Netherlands was ousted by Polona Herzog of Slovenia in three sets 6 1, 3 6, 6 4. A teacher from Hong Kong has set the record for the fastest ascent of Mount Everest by a woman, reaching the world's highest summit in 25 hours and 50 minutes. Chang Yin Hung, who beat the previous record by more than 12 hours, said she was not trying to make history, but only to challenge herself. Actually, I'm kind of relieved and happy because uh, I set this target uh, around four years before. And I always share with my students and my friends that uh, if you aim high, expect high, and then you can achieve high. I was born in mainland China, and then at 10 years old, I moved to Hong Kong. And then at that time, my family are really basic. We live in really basic kind of grassroots family. So we got no resources. So what I can do is doing sport because it is free of charge. So for when I was young, I still running in the mountain, playing basketball, doing all the sport. So hopefully we send a positive energy message to the world. Yeah. A reminder of our top stories tonight. The administration launches a campaign to reward people for getting vaccinated and wants businesses to do the same. The Liberal Party leader says a real incentive for people to get vaccinated would be to relax their travel and quarantine restrictions. And a political analyst says China encouraging couples to have up to three children is no guarantee of a mainland baby boom. The news from RTHK.
In our previous hour together was actually chatting about the album now and then and there's a track from it of course the carpenters and their version of this masquerade i do like george benson